Hi, Gregory. Hey, Colleen. Episode four, season two. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, so today's episode uh, was, uh, it's actually a part two to an episode that we did last season called Youth. Um, mm -hmm. We're calling it Youth Part Two. Uh, and the reason that we thought that it was important to go back to this subject um, is because last season we sat down with Amelia Altmix, who was a member of the McEwen Sustainability Leadership Council, um, and she was doing this amazing work inspired by her experience through that, that Emerald Award winning group. Um, but we wanted to take a moment and uh, take the flip side of that concept and chat a little bit with the adults out there in our province who are inspiring young people to become better environmental stewards. Yeah, exactly. And what we found, and this won't be a surprise to anyone, is that our education system plays a huge role in inspiring youth to take action in environmental matters. So Colleen, I think that young people or youth um, are very important to the Alberta Emerald Foundation. And one of the reasons that we go back to this topic so much is because um, it's my personal belief that if anyone out there is doing any sort of environmental work, that they should be taking youth into consideration when they're planning their their work. And the reason for that is that any environmental work, in my opinion, it's expressing a belief in the future of our planet, which of course belongs to the next generation and generations to come. And so I think that's why we keep on coming back to this topic. There's a lot to unpack. Absolutely. So today we're going to take you all on a bit of an Alberta road trip. And we're going to tell you how some schools and educational programs are taking environmental education to a whole new level. And I'm, I really mean a whole new level. <laughs> so let's jump right in. I'm Catherine Wagner. I'm the program director for Inside Education. Uh, I'm here based in Calgary, Alberta. Inside Education is a registered charity here in the province of Alberta. We do environmental and natural resources education for the K-12 school system. And really, it's about supporting teachers and inspiring students. So our goal is that through our plethora of programs that these students will come away being informed decision makers, critical thinkers, and stewards of our environment and natural resources. So Inside Education, who won the Emerald Award in the Public Education and Outreach category in 2019 at the Emerald Awards, which was sponsored by the Government of Alberta, is basically the environmental education jackpot. They have a wide range of offerings, including classroom programs, field programs, grants for student or school environmental projects, teacher professional development programs, and youth summits, which are these incredible two to three day conferences where students dive deep on a specific environmental topic. But these summits aren't just a conference, which Catherine explains. Our youth uh, education and leadership summits, and I think that leadership word is really important for the the context of what the summits are. Um, we've been doing them for the last 10 years and, and what they do is they bring together schools from across Alberta to meet with experts from a variety of, of stakeholders and a variety of perspectives to, to really deep dive into a topic and, and gain a better understanding. So we've done that 
for you know, energy and climate change, water, agriculture, a whole bunch of different um, topics. And uh, we start working with the schools in January. So they apply to attend and, um, and then the schools are selected. You know, the summit happens usually around the March timeframe. The whole idea is that the schools will use that experience and that knowledge to develop a project that extends the learning of the summit, then use that project to, to teach their peers, to share that experience with their peers and their communities. So there's been incredible school-based projects that have come from this this decade of summits. These students who participated at these summits head back to school and start working on some incredible projects, like getting energy-efficient hand dryers or putting together seed starter packs for the younger students. And all of these projects are student-led. But going back to the summits themselves, what's really important to note is that Inside Education focuses on bringing as many diverse perspectives on these chosen topics as possible. So not only do these students take on a project afterwards, but they also give students all this information for them to then take and form their own opinions on these environmental topics. Yeah, we do bring a, a wide diversity of, of perspectives to the summits. And that, that means the experts that we bring in on average will have 45 different experts attend and they represent you know, everywhere from industry to government to academia to indigenous and environmental groups. And it's that shared conversation between these diverse perspectives, as well as the diverse perspectives that the students themselves bring, because the schools will represent urban, rural, uh, you know, suburban, remote, indigenous communities. You know, the biggest takeaway from that is, is that we can have this conversation together and that it doesn't have to be as divided and polarized as you sometimes see in the media that um, often these stakeholders are working together to find this common ground to move these uh, environmental topics to a, you know, to a better place or to a, a solutions focused place. And these summits are working. Mila Maze, Inside Education's newest education program coordinator in Calgary, was actually part of the very first youth summit. These summits are a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for students and teachers. Um, back in 2011, I was a grade 11 student and I actually attended Inside Education's first ever youth summit. It was called Generate and it was hosted in Kananaskis. I didn't know it at the time, but that was the very first youth summit that Inside Education ever put on. Um, I think I've kind of gone full circle because I had such an influential experience um, at that summit. And here I am ten, 10 years later working full time for Inside Ed. So I can say firsthand from a student perspective, they have a really big impact. I am very confident that the experience itself of attending this youth summit and being a part of the environmental community at the school is a lasting, you know, piece of who these people become and who they are. I always tell students at the, the beginning of any program, Youth Summit or otherwise, said, well, you know, you, you probably came with some questions, which is fantastic. I hope you leave with more. 
I hope you, I'm not here to answer your questions. I'm here to help you understand and ask more informed questions. But the critical thinking piece is challenging them to, to think about what they're for, not what they're against. So, you know, what kind of future do we want to create together? What does that look like for you? And, um, cause it's really easy to be against stuff and say, oh, I don't like X, Y, or Z, but, but how do we fix it? And let's work together. Now we're going to venture off a little further west to Cochrane, Alberta. Cochrane High School developed the Sustainable Development Committee. But make no mistake, this isn't just a club. This committee worked on real-world issues with real-world budgets. Hello, my name is Stephanie Bennett and uh, I'm a uh, teacher at Cochrane High School and we're at Cochrane High School's North Garden um, at, uh, in Cochrane, Alberta. Stephanie is one of those amazing teachers that goes that extra mile for her students. And back in the year 2000, she and a fellow colleague decided to start the Cochrane Sustainability Club at the high school. The science teacher and I were getting a little bit too tired of sort of the passive projects where if you could, what would you like to try and do? And we wanted to make it more, uh, not necessarily engaging, but we wanted to try and figure out a way that we could literally get our hands on that technology so that we could sh uh, begin to sh the process to show the kids that this works, that this is something for the future. Stephanie originally thought that this club would last a year. Fast forward 20 years later, the club is still going strong, working on big environmental projects like raising enough money to build a new solar rooftop array, which now offsets the school's electricity consumption by 8.3%. This project also won this year's Emerald Award in the Emerald Challenge Climate Change category. We wanted them to think big. We wanted them to, to think about some solving some real world problems here. And energy is a big one, and sustainability is, is also another big topic. And so we want them not to be afraid of how much work it's going to be. We want them just to look at what do you think you could do? And then let's figure out, let's decide on it, let's agree on it, and, and then go from there. We, you brainstorm uh, your ideas in terms of, uh, of uh, you know, how, how much is it going to cost? Who are we going to get? Is this even possible? What's so inspiring about this project is the sheer size of it. These students, with Stephanie's help, had to raise $100,000 for the solar array to become a reality at their school. That is no small task. We raised $108,000. Yeah. In 18 months. That's yeah. pretty it was tough yeah it was tough it was it was uh, a lot of grant writing there was a lot of rejection letters lots of them and it was it, you could see it um, on the kids faces when we get one and lose five um, and they and I'm pretty sure they were thinking like what have they got themselves into you know we just kind of ride the momentum we would just uh, if we we'd take the bad news but then, you know, maybe six weeks later, we get a, we'd get some good news. I think that was the biggest, biggest lesson is that uh, even though something is this daunting, if you stick with it and you believe in what you're doing, uh, it'll happen. They are capable of making decisions, raising funds, installing systems and brainstorming ideas that are very real and pertinent to helping us get into the future here.
I remember when we were dealing with um, phase seven, which was our failed uh, wind turbine project, but we were still successful in terms of, of helping design the, the uh, policy that the town was going to settle on so that we could move forward on things, you know, this sort of technology. And it was a grade 12 student on, on the committee that year who made a presentation to the town office about what she thinks should be left in the policy and what should be cut. And they adopted those recommendations that she made. A, a club just doesn't cut it. It is so real. You know, it's not just making posters and, and getting the word out. They are literally walking the talk. Stephanie is clearly passionate about her students and the work that they do. I was curious, why this age group? They're too old for dolls and they're too young to seem to fit into being able to hire them for, for the workforce. And, and, you know, I don't know, there's this, this generational gap here where I w uh, th they have such capabilities and intelligence to, to truly uh, make ideas and to, um, and to fulfill those ideas. And I, I don't know, I just want them to see that they can do it. I want to offer them an opportunity and if they want to take it, it it'll be awesome. That they'll see that they can do things, meaningful things. I'm Travis Price and I graduated Cochrane High in 2020. Yeah, so I actually, my sister was in sustainable development for Cochrane High. And then that kind of got me into it when I was late grade nine. And then we started this project kind of my start of grade 11. Travis was one of those students who would go out into the community to raise funds for their project. He even presented to city council in order to get the word out. And it was so inspiring talking to Travis because he approached this project like a true business person. He told me how he needed to sell the idea by explaining not only the benefits environmentally, but things like return on investment, all that sort of businessy stuff. I remember like a lot of our neighbors or I guess, yeah, there were a couple of people in the town of Cochrane who weren't too keen or just at first didn't really see the other benefits other than the cash back on saving money for the school. But yeah, once we really could tell them like, hey, this helps socially and society as well as saves money, then it was really helpful. So a lot of people said no, but enough people said yes to raise $108,000. And I think the key takeaway here is that this showed these students how capable they are to make real change. This is a huge project. And yeah, when you look at it, it's always like big companies that are doing massive solar projects. And I'm like, I, there's no way I could do anything like this. And then, yeah, being a part of this sustainable club, it really showed me like, hey, it's, it's a big project, but it's doable. Like, we can really do this. And when it comes down to it, it's a couple of simple steps that you just follow. And as long as you stick to it, it's totally doable. And that's a huge thing for me, because yeah, now I'm more willing to take on future projects and more interested too. All right, now we're going to take one last stop in Kananaskis, where we met the students of Ikal Manachaban Middle School, who are part of the WILD program, which stands for Wisdom, Inquiry, Learning, and Doing. 
This program won the 2019 Emerald Award in the Education category and received a $5,000 grant courtesy of the Alberta Beverage Container Recycling Corporation. And I'm also going to just jump in here real quick because, uh, fun, fun note, Gregory decided to brave the Kananaskis Mountains in, I think it was a jean jacket. Um, We'll talk about that in a bit, but apparently cotton kills. Anyways, more on that later. I'm Nancy Pollard, and I'm a teacher at Manitoba Middle School. Nancy started the WILD program around 2013, after spending a few years teaching in Australia. She was inspired by the type of education students received and wanted to bring that sort of adventure learning to her school. The, the whole point of WILD is to really um, get kids feeling comfortable outside. I mean, there's so many kids now that just using their phones and using um, video games and watching movies is such a huge part of their life. They, they're completely disconnected with nature. And so the WILD program is to... Um, you know, not, not only do the hands-on authentic learning, but also just to get them outside, reconnecting with nature, having that appreciation for nature, because then without that appreciation, they're not going to um, have that connection to really protect it and respect it and uh, nurture it. And let's just say these students are not glamping. They're out in the wild, whether it's a three-day camping trip where students cook their own food, build their own shelter, and hike up mountains to three-day canoe trips. These students have the opportunity to connect with nature in a way that you just couldn't do in the classroom. We really need to learn not only Western um, science and, you know, as colonists to this area um, and settlers to this area, we need to, um, we have a certain way of doing things. And I really feel strongly that we need to learn from the First Nations and how, you know, their ancestors lived here. I read somewhere that that without that connection we can't we can't protect because we need to have that connection first and so that's the biggest thing for me is that they develop a connection to nature and they um, really appreciate and understand and go back to the basics being able to hear things and see things and the more they're outside the more they actually do see, the more they see the little chickadee on the branch and the more they question, you know, what kind of berry is this and, you know, can I eat this? Those skills, I think, is really going to help them tell their parents, you know, maybe we shouldn't drive, maybe we could all ride our bikes and they will um, understand um, through that connection. And Nancy is a true adventurer at heart. In the short time we spent together, we watched her teach her students everything from single-use plastics to wildlife safety, what to do if you encounter a bear, to properly cleaning up your campsite, all while surrounded by the Rocky Mountains. I played a lot as a kid. You know, on the street, we did hide and seek. We played outdoors. I don't know. You got to be a kid. I think maybe I'm just a kid. They're just... Um crazy they're wild they're like focuses everywhere and and I love that it's just it's so invigorating for me to to try to you know challenge them and and connect with them and create relationships with them and um, and and you know especially being outdoors I mean them the students saying thank you and that was awesome and wow that canoe trip was so hard but it was the best thing in my life uh, is hearing things like that that just makes me want more and coming back again and again. Yeah.
And even though we only spent a few hours with these students, we got teased a bit for not braving the cold night. We went back home to our cozy Airbnb to wake up the next morning <laughs> to see everything covered with snow. We were really worried about the students. But what we learned was that this program is working. Like how Hannah, a grade 8 student at the school, is now teaching her family all about water conservation and single-use plastics. I went home the day we learned and I told my family all about saving water and taking shorter showers and like replacing our shower heads and our toilets to make us save water. Yeah, so I want to be a teacher. So I'm going to teach all my kids about all saving the earth and not like don't pollute and plastics and water. So I'm going to take that. Also, I'm going to use it when I'm out backpacking with my friends or my family once I get older, too. And we asked Naomi, Hannah's classmate, what on earth somebody who's not participating in the WILD program can do. I would just tell them to really appreciate, like, the outdoors. And I tell them just to not, like, really, like, I don't really know. It's a hard question. I would just tell them to go outside as much as possible because it's pretty fun. <laughs> So now the big question, what on earth can we do? How can we, as adults, help our youth become environmental stewards? This is what Mila from Inside Education had to say. Um, engaging young people, I think uh, the first step is just giving them access to experts to learn as much as they can about a certain topic or a certain idea. First-hand experiences are really key, so actually gets, getting students outside um, and into the field is really important to have those first-hand experiences and then let the, the seeds of inspiration grow from there. Helping young people access grants and money. There's a lot out there, a lot of people that want to help them and just connecting them with those people and with those grant opportunities can go a really long ways. I would say you wanna find that thing that sparks your own interest, learn as much as you can about it, share that, and spark their interest in turn. Um, that kind of infectious feeling that you get when you're really interested in and passionate about something, um, you can share that with other people and with younger people, especially if, if it comes from, from you first. Yeah, I think we can all be really passionate about it. The more the more awareness that there is, the more, you know, I think one of the things that has shifted is like our exposure to media and our, our telling of these stories that either through pop culture or, you know, your social media feeds or whatever that is, it's very present. And if you can see yourself in those in those stories, then you can then take that story and make it your own. Some of these environmental topics can be big and, and heavy. And so at Inside Education, we work really hard to tell the, the good news stories, showcase the innovations that are happening, talk about technologies that are solutions focused, because then there's hope in that. And then you can, you can see that, oh, if, if others are working on that, I can too, and I can be involved. And, um, it's a positive space to be instead of a, a big, scary, negative one. Uh, 
Oh, Colleen, what a group of inspiring people. I think uh, throughout our recording of this episode, there were many times that I said that a teacher is such a unique individual and it's not necessarily something that I feel like I could do in my own personal life. And so hats off to these amazing people. I'm leaving the conversation feeling very inspired. I, I have to ask you because you you have a young person in your house, you're a mom, uh, and your daughter is very, very young still. But um, using what we just chatted about with these with these folks, what are you going to do? Oh, doing this particular podcast was so inspiring for me. Um, and I think one thing that I heard several times was what we can do as adults or what I can do as a parent is to just say yes. And I think that is probably my biggest takeaway. I want I've, I I want my kid when she gets a bit older to be able to tackle things that you would maybe think just an adult would do. So so when you're saying just say yes, um, does that mean like when when Clara wants to explore something environmental that that's when you that you're saying yes to to that that experience? Totally. So say Clara wants to take on um, a big project and it might seem a bit daunting for a young person to do. Um, I want to say yes to that. I don't ever want to say you're too young or you can do that when you're older, unless it's things like holding knives. I definitely don't let her do that right now, but... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but, you know, it, it was very inspiring at Cochrane High School seeing that, you know, they, they took on these projects that you would actually hire out contractors to do. And these students took them on. I think that's amazing. And I would love for Clara to both get that ambition to take on these big projects and have me allow her to take on these big projects. Amazing. Just say yes. A year of yes for Clara. <laughs> A year of yes. Get ready, kid. <laughs> um, well, my my what on earth can uh, what on earth can we do is definitely different because I I don't necessarily interact with young people on a regular basis. I do have a niece and a nephew. Um, that said, though, our foundation, the Alberta Emerald Foundation, does believe does have a strong belief in uh, engaging and supporting the next generation of environmental leaders, and we do that through our Emerald Youth Grants program. So, if you're a teacher out there listening to this, or if you're a young person aged 25 years or under, I'd love for you to come to our website, EmeraldFoundation.ca, and check it out. We give student-led or student-targeted projects $750 to help bring their uh, ideas and their uh, their projects to life. Um, we give out 30 a year and we're able to do that through the through the generous support of Syncrude Canada Limited. So again, website is emeraldfoundation.ca. Make sure to check it out. And yeah, if I had a time machine, I think I would go back and take part of the youth summits and the WILD program and uh, the Cochrane High School sustainable, uh, Sustainability leadership council because they're doing amazing work and i kind of wish that i was 17 again let's not go that far (laughs) (laughs) and what on earth am i definitely going to do i'm going to learn a little bit more about dressing appropriately for the outdoor weather (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah nancy gave you uh Mountain Dressing 101 when we arrived on get, set. Get your wicking layer, 
Get your synthetic layer, get your windbreaker layer, and stop wearing cotton. <laughs> what on Earth Can We Do is presented by the Alberta Emerald Foundation, a non-for-profit charity that showcases and inspires our province's environmental achievements. The guests are Emerald Award recipients. Nominations for the 30th Annual Emerald Awards open on November 2nd, 2020 and close February 12th, 2021 at emeraldfoundation.ca. We would like to thank our sponsors, ABCRC, the Alberta Real Estate Foundation, the City of Edmonton, the City of Calgary, the Government of Alberta, and Syncrude Canada Limited. To learn more about our programs or to make a donation, please visit emeraldfoundation.ca. On the next episode of What on Earth Could We Do? We get chauffeured around my hometown in St. Albert in one of Canada's first solar-powered buses. We try really hard to be best friends with the cool folks at the Municipal Climate Change Action Centre. And we learn more about how Albertan cities and towns are leading the way to a greener future. <laughs>